Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get set to recap the Titans' 41-38 victory over the Houston Texans. And this just isn't any victory, Denard. This victory clinched the AFC South division title for the Tennessee Titans, the first time that that has happened since the year 2008. And it was a crazy game. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. I feel like that's the way the show is going to be just because there's so much to unpack whenever you look at the Titans getting this win, winning the division, clinching a spot in the playoff before the game even started. But hey, you still are now going to get to host a game. We know who we're going to play. And so we are going to get all of that taken care of. But before we get into that, Denard, how are you feeling after such an incredible game? Man, I'm sweating. But I feel great. I'm just, I feel like I'm tired. I feel like I was actually playing the game myself. And at first I thought, you know what, it's going to be a blowout. And then all of a sudden, you know, Houston comes storming back. And that's what happens when you have number four. But man, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed after that game. <laughs> it, it did wear you down, didn't it? it I mean, it um, emotionally, it, it got on me. And um, gosh, I was, I was watching the game with a friend and just how things really kind of came about there. Man, that was just a fun game. You, you just got to take, take a deep breath because that's the only way we're uh, getting through that one. But so with the Titans going back to the playoffs, I got to ask, do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by betonline.ag. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are here. And with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship, or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. I did, I, I don't know what it was, Denard. I, I was confident that the Titans were going to win today, but I didn't think they were going to necessarily cover the spread, so I just kind of stayed away from the spread, which was around Titans minus seven, went with the money line, was able to pocket some cash, but from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And Denard, we were kind of hashing through all these things that had happened today. I don't even think I mentioned that Derrick Henry entered the 2000 club mark. Only the eighth running back in the history of the NFL to rush for over 2,000 yards in a season. But Denard, just taking a step back, looking at this game in its entirety, what what is your main takeaway here? My main takeaway is this. Well, first of all, before I, before I start talking about my takeaways, I, I want to kind of piggyback um, on what you just said. Congratulations to Derek. This is a milestone reaching the 2,000-yard club. 
you imagine there's only eight running backs in 100 years of playing this game that has amassed over 2,000 yards? Isn't that, isn't that, that is, that's crazy. Do you know, do you know the eight guys that have, that have reached that milestone? I know, I, I used to know it all. I know Jamal Lewis is on there. I know yep. Chris Johnson is on there. I know Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson is on there. Um, yes. Obviously Derek now, so I'm at four. Yes. I got to start going back away. Didn't Earl Dickerson make it? Who? Who is Earl Dickerson? What did I just say? You said Earl Dick. Did you mean Earl Campbell or the great Eric Dickerson? I meant Eric Dickerson. Oh. I called him Earl. <laughs> Feel bad now. Like I, I said, like, oh, it's Earl. It's been a long day. I know Earl oh, Campbell didn't get there. You. I know Earl didn't get there. Yeah. Um. Did Emmett get it? No. Okay. Just go ahead and fill me in. I, I should know this, but I'm gonna have I to. Know. I'm gonna have to take my. I just my love L. getting you. That excites you me. me when I get a chance to get you. But uh, you know, I was just uh going over this earlier, and I thought, you know, I wonder if he's gonna reach this today, and he did. Congratulations, but Eric Dickerson, 1984. My favorite team as a kid, the L.A. Rams. They used to love their uniforms. Adrian Peterson, 2012 from Minnesota. Jamal Lewis, of course, in 2003. The great Barry Sanders, the human joystick, 1997 Detroit Lions. My old teammate, T.D., 98 Denver Broncos. Of course, they capped it off with the Super Bowl, sending John John Elway out. Now he's a GM making millions. Chris Johnson, of course, 2009 Titans. O.J. Simpson, the pride of the University of Southern California by way of San Francisco, California, 1973, the year I was born. Buffalo Bills, and of course, Derek joins that group. So congratulations to D. Man, what an amazing accomplishment. And you're only 26 years old. Man, I tell you what. This guy one day is on his way to wearing that gold jacket. If he if he continues to produce and to play the way he's been playing and stay healthy, woo, Tennessee, you got something very special. So let me just get into my takeaways from this game. Denard, I really quickly oh, wanted to say that I got everyone that rushed for over 2,000 in this millennia. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> Come on, I got man. everyone post-2,000. Hey, TD, I'm gonna say TD this did it in 98, so. But you got to go back to 73. That's who started it off was OJ. Come on now. I know we talk when we talk about OJ, we want to talk about that <laughs> recently. But let me tell you something. People, you know, they forget about you real quickly, and uh, unfortunately in this business. But OJ Simpson, I tell people all the time, he was a beast. And I listen to the old stories from the, the old coaches, the old ball coaches, and when they talk about OJ. And I tell you what, he was a man among boys when he was playing. So, again, just congratulations to Derek. But, you know, my biggest takeaway um, in this game, at first I was thinking, you know what, the offense came out very stagnant, and I was thinking, "Uh uh-oh, this is not looking good. But what I liked was the defense. I mean, just the energy that they brought uh, in the first uh, part of – in the first half was just amazing. I got to give it up for Monty Hooker. You know, when he picked off Deshaun on that first third down, I thought, you know what? If this is a sign of what's to be, then we're in pretty good hands when we start off the game like this. And he's got his fourth pick of the season. So congratulations to Amani. He is a beast. I like this guy. Two years from now, he will be one of the top free agent safeties in the league. 
But again, the what I didn't like is the fact that I thought as the as the I, I believe that the defense really brought the energy in the first half, and I thought the offense kind of picked it up uh, going into halftime. What I didn't like is the third quarter. Now that really they got to clean that up. And so that's really what worries me. In particular, I talk about the secondary. Uh, KB and Adoree and also Malcolm and Kevin Byer today, KB, it seems like the secondary, they were not on the same page. They basically gave up about 12 points in the secondary that I feel like they could have, not only that can be corrected, but that shouldn't have happened. And if you play like that, and I'm talking about the flea flicker, which if you look at that play, I go back to that one play. You can't have your safety and your corner biting on a flea flicker because your job is not to, uh, you don't need to, a coach used to say this, you don't make your money by looking in the backfield. There's nothing for you. And the fact that you had two guys bite and one guy gets right past them, Brandon Cooks, who we couldn't hold all night long, I mean, that that can't happen. And if you play like that next week, you will get beat. And I'm anticipating one of the things Coach Rabel's going to do is to make sure that don't happen. Because let me tell you something. This is a copycat league. And Baltimore is watching this film. And they're saying, whoa, you know, if these guys are if they're going to bite like this, then we're going to play very aggressive. And what we're going to do, we're going to throw those plays in there because that, that might be the X factor of getting us where we want to be. Yeah, Denard, whenever you look at how the first half went for the defense versus the second half. Do you, I mean, because the Titans held the Texans in the first half to three field goal attempts. That's, I mean, they, they knocked them all down. So I feel if that's the situation, you got to be feeling pretty good. And, and in halftime, like you, you were feeling good. It was 17 to nine. And then you come out, you score a touchdown and the offense continued to put up points. They did have one turnover, but, I mean, if Derrick Henry's going to have 34 carries, I, I feel like something bad might eventually happen. Like, you don't expect that type of workload and, and for everything to be great. But you gave up 29 points in the second half. You just can't do that and expect to win games. And that's one of the things that this Titans team has had issues with is it's one half were Jekyll, the other half were Hyde a lot of times. So I don't think you can rely on this offense putting up 41 points every game. I know if we get over 30, that typically means we win, but the defense has to come and, and show me something in the second half. And I know, like you said, Deshaun Watson, great quarterback. He's got a lot of talent, and he's going to be able to put up some points. But for the way they were able to do it and as easy as they made it look, that is very problematic. And as a Titans fan, I could see that being very concerning whenever you're playing the Baltimore Ravens next week who they have really started to kind of hit their stride and they've been playing better as of late. So do, do you think it was just a situation where the player, I know, I know you mentioned the flea flicker, we got beat there, but players were just getting outplayed or coaches were getting out schemed. I mean, is, is there one thing you can pin it to? Is it all of the above? No, it's just a lack of concentration because I thought in the third quarter, I thought they basically, they took their foot off the pedal. Um, and you can see that because it was like they were dominating Houston at first, you know, and the defense was basically just, I mean, if you look at the way that our defensive line was really taken into their offensive line at the first, in the first half of the game, basically Deshaun didn't have any lanes to run and that's, they were able to contain him pretty much the first half. The second half is like, all of a sudden we got relaxed 
And that's the problem. You cannot get relaxed in this league. And in particular, I look at the back half. I talk about the flea flicker play. That should never happen in a secondary. That is what we call a cardinal sin. Why? Because that is what all defensive back coaches, they the first thing that they coach is your eyes. You should never have your eyes in the backfield. You should always have your eyes on the receiver. The receiver is going to take you to the ball, okay? So that should have never happened. If you watch that play, you literally had a Dory and you had Kevin both bite. And that can't, that can't happen. Your job is you're the deep, you are the deep part of the defense. You're the half, you're the half field safety, Kevin. So that cannot happen. That's your job is to stay back. You're the free, you're the last line of defense. So the fact that that happened, that was just what I call a lack of concentration. And sometimes, believe it or not, I've done that too, you know, because what we would do sometimes a secondary, we get relaxed, you know, we're thinking, okay, we got this, you know, we got this Sean under control, you know, this team really, they don't have nothing to play for. So sometimes you start thinking, you know, I could kind of lollygag around a little bit. I can, you know, kind of take a playoff or two. And what happens is that almost got you beat today. And then we saw the second part where Brandon Cooks once again, and I'm going to go back on the, uh, on the crossing route, which Malcolm is basically, that's, that's a tough route to cover for any corner because typically you're playing outside man. And Brandon goes on a crossing route looking for help from Kevin. So all of a sudden he, he didn't, he didn't get it too late. And so you got to squeeze that if you're Malcolm, but he wasn't able, of course, Brandon, that's his speed. That's his strongest asset. A lot of people, Hey, he ran a four two eight at the NFL combine. So that tell you one thing about Brandon Cooks, the man got some speed. So basically, Kevin got there late. Malcolm is still looking for help. And those are the kind of things that you're going to have to clean up because guess what? Hollywood Brown from Baltimore, he's got that same kind of speed. And you don't think that that offense in Baltimore, that they're watching that film right now of this game, and they're saying, listen, we're going to run a lot of crossing routes. We're going to find a way to exploit this defense. And that's the way you're going to do That's the way you're going to do it by what? Crossing routes. You're yeah. going to do some flea flickers. Watch that. That's going to happen uh, this coming this coming week. Yeah, I was just frustrated because it was just how easily the Texans were taking advantage of the team in the second half. I mean, I'm going to run through these drives for you real quickly, Denard. Texans drives in the second half. First one, touchdown, four plays, 75 yards. Second one, three plays, 65 yards, touchdown. Uh, third drive, touchdown, three plays, 28 yards. Fourth drive, touchdown, six plays, 52 yards. And then their last drive of the second half was eight plays, 58 yards, and a field goal. Um, but I mean, like it was just, their offense was playing good, but Denard, you and I could go out there and play pitch and catch. And I think we could have scored the same amount of points on this defense today, but that's how bad no, they, <laughs> that's how, that's no, how I know what you're saying. I, yeah, it was, uh, well, you know, we talked about that. That's called explosive plays. And we, and I, as I alluded to earlier, uh, this past summer, that's what will get you beat. And that's what has happened to this this defense. When you give up explosive plays, we saw that in the Minnesota game when Justin Jefferson went off on us. What was they doing? They was giving up explosive plays. He was running right by Malcolm. He was torching the secondary all day long. That can't happen. We saw the Cincinnati game. We saw the Cleveland game. You see what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. When you're giving up explosive plays, the 50-50 balls, uh, you're giving up plays over 30 to 40 yards, that will get any team beat. So what they got to do, they got to clean this up. If you just keep everything in front of you, it always will give you a chance to win. They didn't do that today. They did it in the first half. 
they didn't do it in a second. Yeah. And uh, like it was one of those things, too. This is more on the special teams unit. But when the Texans put in A.J. McCarron basically at the up back position and he had a wide open receiver through a 20 yard pass and that made a drive get extended, like just simple things like that. And I think even the announcer during the game mentions like if you're the Titans right there and they got a quarterback in on that play, like take a timeout or something like you got to realize something's coming. There's no reason A.J. McCarron's in there to block. So uh, the Titans obviously got beat on that one. but. Denard switching from the defense to the offense because it was a much better performance for the offense. The Titans obviously tried to rely on the run game. I mean, they ended up having 41 carries for 288 yards, four touchdowns. Derrick Henry, obviously, another career day. I don't know if you saw this, but he is the first player in NFL history to have three games of 200 or more rushing yards against the same team. Last three times he's played the Texans, he's ran for over 200. Today, he ran for 34 carries, 250 yards, two touchdowns, averaged 7.4 yards a carry. Absolutely incredible. Ryan Tannehill, also because everyone's trying to guard Derrick Henry and stop him, able to kind of utilize that read option. Whenever they bite in on Derrick, he's able just to take it outside and usually waltz in for six. And he's been able to put up several points on the ground uh, this season. Denard, looking at this team, offensively, like, what do you see? that maybe they need to improve on moving forward and just this game all around. How how was that offensive performance with looking at it from just how the players were executing Arthur Smith game planning? What did you think of that? I've said this time and time again. I, I think I said every week in our podcast is usually in the first three possession of our offense, you can kind of tell what's going to happen. Uh, throughout the course of the game, they usually give you kind of an indicate. It's like a, they give you an indicator, like this is what's going to happen in the first three series. If they jump on you early, that means you know what this team is ready to play. But when they come out very lethargic, like they did today, that really scares me. Okay, and sometimes it takes them getting hit in the mouth to get going. Uh, that happens from time to time. But as you get into the playoffs, every possession, every play counts. Okay. So when you come out, you got to come out early. You can't come out slow and then think you're going to finish fast because if a team jumps on you, you know, and they gain that momentum, especially in the playoff, it can be lights out. So you got to remember that going into Saturday or Sunday, whenever they play, they have got to start fast. That's their DNA. That's how they was able to beat Baltimore the last two times. If you watch how they came out the first two to three series, they came out ready to go. Basically, they set the tone early in the game. That's the way this team plays. But when they have to play from behind, they are not that good. And I thought what happened is they really, uh, from that second quarter on, well into the fourth quarter, they got going. In particular, they got A.J. more involved in the offense. You saw him basically especially overtime with the bomb, the 54-yard bomb play from Ryan. Uh, Corey had a tough day. He had three drops, but he did redeem himself uh, in that fourth quarter coming up with that big uh, catch for a third down. So what I like about this team, especially this offensive unit, they're a resilient bunch of guys, and they play well with one another. Let me tell you something. With 539 left in the fourth quarter, this is where that team won the game. Now, I thought the referees, I know I talked to you about that when we were, you were saying you were on the refs 
uh, last what was that last week, and I said, "What what a rest role? Their job is to ref. Players' job is to play. Coaches, their job is to coach. Now the referees today call some ticky tack calls that even I question, and I never question refs. And I think Rich Gannon, who was called my former um, uh, teammate, he he called it best, and he says, "Listen, the the holding call on Brewer where Derek scored." That was a terrible call. That should have never happened. What happened was Aaron had blocked this guy so good that the guy got turned around. So what happens is it's natural that a guy typically, you grab some cloth, but it wasn't worth calling. I thought, you know what? I agree with Rich Gannon. That was a terrible call. And then all of a sudden, when they had, the, they called the illegal formation on Newhouse, basically because his foot was literally like an inch you know, it was because he came in as an extra blocker. So, of course, you got to be on the line. But I, I agree with Rich. I was like, why in the world would they call it at that time of the game? Don't do that. You know, refs always will let you play through it. That I don't understand if the guy was lined in the back, though. He wasn't. He was on the line. His foot, they called it because his foot was half an inch uh, back uh, from the from the uh, from the right tackle. So, again. I mean, those are those are things that you can you can clean up. But again, I thought this team, they went and they got it. And that's what makes them a great team is when they're down and they need to make a play. They came up big at the end at 539. A.J. played well. Corey came alive. He had three drops today. The fourth one, I won't blame on him, but he made a crucial catch uh, in that series that helped this team to continue to sustain drives, which ended up leading into points. Yeah, Denard, you mentioned the officiating. I wasn't going to complain too much. And honestly, I agree with you. And as Rich said, that call on Brewer was atrocious. But personally, well, I'll kind of flashback. I actually had shades of what I believe was 2000, gosh, it might have been 2011, 2011, uh, 2012, the year that Chris Johnson ended up rushing for 2,000 yards. They were playing Seattle in Week 17. Now, the Titans weren't going to make the playoffs that year, but Chris Johnson had like a 70-yard touchdown run get called back on a phantom holding call. And it honestly, yeah. like, I, I didn't know if he was actually going to get to 2,000 after that because once that was wiped off the board, it was like, man, he still has a little ways to go. Ultimately, he ended up getting over 2K, but I was like, before then, like, that cost Derek his opportunity to reach 2,000. But from winning the game, I honestly think, in a way, the refs helped us there because what happened was you had to burn more time off the clock because I do believe if that if Houston was able to get that ball and they had time to work with, I didn't see the Titans' defense stopping them, and I expected them to go down there and score a touchdown. Now, obviously, they had to settle for the field goal. I know we stopped them on fourth down, but their offense, the, the way they were kind of having to call there would have been different had they had a couple more minutes left on the clock. But it was just one of those things to where uh, the, the defenses weren't really there in the second half at all. And one thing I do need to see more from the Titans, I know this game was, game plan was to feature the running attack, but Denard, how many Titans receivers do you think had a catch today? Well, just two. Well, two receivers, but four players ended up catching it. I probably should have oh, phrased that better. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, no, it was just uh, Brown and Davis were the only two receivers. Now, mm -hmm. AJ on 11 targets, 10 receptions, 151 yards, and a touchdown. Right. Obviously, that 52-yard bomb. There at the end, which we'll get to that here in a second. I can't believe we've not even talked about that final sequence. But And Corey, as you mentioned, he had five receptions for 39 yards on 11 targets. We know he struggled. 
But then you had Ferkser and Janu. Ferkser had two catches. Janu had one. So weren't really spreading the ball around. And you're going to have to be able to get more guys involved if you're looking to make it pretty deep into the playoffs. Only having four guys make a catch isn't a recipe for success. But Ryan Tannehill, I think when the moment was big, he was at least on target, making good plays, good decisions. That was good to see. And kind of getting into that final possession that the Titans had. Texans able to kick a field goal when they do. Ties it up, 38 all. And the Titans then have 18 seconds left on the clock. You know, I loved that Brable decided to be aggressive there. You think some teams are like, we're just going to play for overtime. But if you watch this team, and I think it would have been the same last time these two teams met, but the game ended up going in the overtime. Titans won 42-36. But whoever won that coin toss, in my opinion, would win the game because neither defense was playing well enough to stop the other team. So Vrabel takes a shot. Tannehill dials it up to A.J. Brown. Beautiful pass, beautiful catch. You're in field goal range. And a guy we've not talked about. We mentioned, we, we didn't know at the time last week who it was going to be, but Steven Goskowski got placed on the COVID reserve list. He was unavailable to play today. Brett Kern also got placed on that list, but he was able to come back. I didn't actually think he was going to be able to go. We only had to have one punt, but the Titans go and get Sam Sloman. Miami. Miami of Ohio. Ohio. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. They call it Miami. Yeah. That's what they want to be called, Miami. Don't be saying no Miami of Ohio. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Sloman came up big. He gets an opportunity to hit a 47-yarder to win the game. And he doinks it yes. off the up the right upright. Well, if, if you're you're if he's looking at it, it's the right upright. Doinks it yeah. in the Titans take the lead as time expires, and we are moving on to the playoffs as AFC South champions. And man, that was that was insane. The, the dude was perfect on the day. Five extra points, five of five, yeah. uh, two for two on field goal attempts. So for him to come in. I don't know if Goskowski could have made the kick. <laughs> oh, don't hate. Don't you start hey. I'm not don't hating. You get on the I'm not don't hating. hate. Don't I'm not hating. hating. I'm just it's just a question. It's just a question. Yeah. So, but no, Sam Sloman definitely earned his paycheck today. And I was very excited to see that the Titans decided to get aggressive with it there at the end and give the team an opportunity to win it in regulation before we went to overtime. And so you walk away with the win. And Denard, before we get talking about the playoffs, I know we've kind of been going through this very quickly, but there's just so much to kind of get into today. Is there any closing thoughts you have on this game before we start looking forward to what the NFL wildcard weekend is going to look like? Yes, my closing thoughts is this, and I want to give you a trivia question. Can I give you this? I know. I, I, I guess. Doing this I guess. I know you're hard. so smart. I, you usually I get by ninety-eight percent. Then I like to, that two percent. I like to get you, but. Well, I already screwed up Earl Campbell okay. and Eric Dickerson. I, I know, but well, you call him Earl Dickerson. I'm like, Earl Dickerson? <laughs> okay, Bo Schembechler, the great, one of the greatest coaches from the University of Michigan. Aaron Parsegan, one of the greatest coaches at Notre Dame. Paul Brown, probably many always talk about Bill Belichick. No, Paul Brown literally is the godfather of coaching in the National Football League. John Harbaugh, Harbaugh who we're going to see next week, uh, in Nashville, and the great congressman Paul Ryan, who used to go after 
our former president, 44th president all the time, uh, Mr. Barack Obama. What do all these guys have in common? What do you think? Just Are they from the same? I honestly have no idea, Denard. I mean, like, I, you, you really threw me for a loop when you added uh, <laughs> former congressman Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just, just go they ahead and tell me. To, they all went to Miami of Ohio University. Okay. That means that school produced greatness in the field of politics, coaches. Think about it. Sean McVay for the Rams went to Miami of Ohio. He was a if you would have said Big Ben, I would have gotten there. Big Ben. Oh. I know. That's why I didn't say Big Ben. <laughs> so Sam Sloman, you could put your name right now in the mix of those great names because you literally right now are a star. <laughs> so congratulations. Because I saw him when he when he ran on the field, I was thinking, oh my goodness, here this guy is. He's got a chance to be a hero. And he kicked it, and he kicked well today. So I say congratulations to the young kicker. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a Titan for a long time, but guess what? You know what? There is about 31 other teams that are looking for quality kickers. So, well, Titans fans will always remember his name. I can exactly. I can tell so that. maybe the Rams won't, but I sure the Titans will. But <laughs> I just like to say congratulations. You know, one thing about a win is it's not always pretty. You can ask Pittsburgh right now; they're struggling right now. So. And they've got guys fighting on the sideline. And what I love about this team, no matter how bad things look, they stay together and they stay the course and they don't get off track. And I love that about this team. And that, that, is, that is a reflection of your coach. You know, sometimes when things go bad, guys start pointing the finger. You can sometimes see a team's demeanor, you know, when things are not going bad because, um, you know, they just have this demeanor. Like it's like when teams become like deflated. You know, it's kind of like they hold their head down. I, I saw that this past weekend uh, in Doubtwell last Wednesday at the Cotton Bowl. And I was like, you know what? This team is not ready to play. And I said, they're going to get blown out. I love the way Tennessee because they keep the same attitude, no matter if things are good or bad. I love the way they play together. I love the continuity uh, that Mike Vrabel has developed. Uh, with this unit. I love the cohesiveness. I love the fact that these guys, no matter what, they stick together. And if they continue to do that, just like today, they'll find a way to win because that's what you got to have going into the playoff. You got to stay together. No matter how bad things look or how good things are going, you got to stay together as a unit. And when you can do that, when you can do that, that will always give you a chance to win. Well, Denard, speaking of the playoffs, the Titans, no one knows the time yet. This By the time this podcast is out, that information might be released. Yeah. But as of right now, we do not know the exact time the Titans will be playing next weekend or even that the day for that matter, whether it will be Saturday or Sunday. But the Titans, I'll just run through these real quick. For the AFC, your playoff, your seeding, will go as follows. The Kansas City Chiefs are the one seed. They have a first round bye. Next up you have the two the second or the two seed Buffalo Bills taking on the seven seed Indianapolis Colts. That game will be in Buffalo. Uh, Colts able to hang on, get a win over Jacksonville to where they are able to get in as a wild card. If the Titans would have lost, Indianapolis would have actually clinched the AFC South and the Titans would be playing in Buffalo next week, but that's not the case. We will get a rematch of the three-seed Pittsburgh Steelers versus the six-seed Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns into the longest playoff drought in the NFL. 
obviously not everyone was playing today for the Steelers. So if everybody gets healthy, be interested to see how that matchup looks. And then the Titans are taking on the four seed Titans taking on the five seed Baltimore Ravens. Titans and Ravens, really good game earlier in the year. Went into overtime. Titans ended up coming out uh, victorious, but Ravens gonna have revenge on their mind. If, if you recall, last time the Titans uh, played the Ravens in the playoffs, really good game where the Titans came out. Baltimore didn't have an answer for them, but hey, the last time the Titans hosted a playoff game was also against the Baltimore Ravens back in 2008. That one did not go according to plan for Titans fans, so hopefully we don't have to see that. But it's it's shaping up to be a really good, exciting weekend for the wild card matchups. Uh, NFC, as I mean, as, as full transparency, as this, as this is being recorded, Washington and Philadelphia are playing each other, but Green Bay is going to have the one seed, and the seven seed Chicago Bears taking on the two seed New Orleans Saints, the six seed Los Angeles Rams taking on the three seed Seattle Seahawks, and then the fifth seed Tampa Bay Bucks are either going to be playing at Washington or at New York. So. Uh, there you have it. That's the matchups for the playoffs. Denard, we'll definitely dive into this a lot more later on in the week as we get ready to talk about the Baltimore Ravens matchup. But what what message do you have to give the Titans fans right now, obviously clinching the division, getting ready for a big playoff game? How, how would you tell Titans fans to react? Well, first of all, <clears throat> In the NFL, there's three seasons, okay? That's the way we look at it as players, former players. You got the preseason, which a lot of us, we try to get through. Of course, they didn't have no preseason this year, so we went right into the regular season. So there was two seasons this year, okay? You got the regular season. That's over with, okay? No matter what happened in regular season, throw the records out. It means nothing. This is a new season. Coaches will always tell their players this going into the playoffs. It's a new season, okay? You're zero and zero. So this is the way you have to approach it if you're a fan. We're going into, it's a new ball game, okay? It's a new ball game. No matter what happened November 22nd, when we won in overtime, 30-24, that has no bearing effect on this game. Don't go back to last year in the divisional playoff where we went down and spanked them down in Baltimore, 28-12. to That has no effect on this game. It is a new season. Baltimore is going to come into this stadium. They're going to be ready to play, especially what we witnessed last time down in Baltimore when Tennessee went on uh, on their logo and before the game, Coach Harbaugh and Malcolm Butler. And then all of a sudden, you know, Coach Vrabel comes out, you know, and then they have the little altercation. You don't think he's getting his team ready? You don't think he's getting his team fired up? So you better get ready for a game because playoff time it's another speed, Jack. This is this is not like regular season. It's like if you watch the NBA, you know, sometimes if I love James Harden. I love him to death, but we know he don't like to play no defense. But sometimes when it gets into them later rounds in the playoffs, you'll see him start playing defense a little bit. It's like watching Michael Jordan, you know, when the Chicago Bulls back in the 90s, you know, there were their white shoes during the regular season. But when it comes playoff times, they used to put the black shoes. You don't know about that. They used to put them black shoes on. You know, it's going to get ugly because it's going to be a different speed now. Now this thing is about to go 100 miles an hour. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a different speed. I've played 
in nine years, I went to the playoffs twice, and it is a whole new different speed. Do what I did back in 1999 when we was playing Jacksonville down in for the AFC um, the, the game, uh, the AFC championship game, where Jimmy Smith came out on the first play against me. Basically, it, it looked like a race car that I was basically trying to cover. You know, I basically bent down, I tied my shoe, my shoelace a second time, like literally got my shoes tight because I knew I got to pick up the pace. It is about to get serious. And that's it. That is exactly what is about to happen. Uh, we don't know what time they're going to play. We don't know what day. But again, prepare yourself for the unexpected. If you do that, then this will give you a chance to win. This game and this season, it's over. Okay. We're not even thinking about this game. Uh, once they get on the plane in Houston and they fly back to Nashville, it's all about Baltimore now because that's what, that's what Baltimore, that's what they're, um, they're getting their mindset towards Tennessee and coming in here and winning this game. So get ready. It's going to be a, it's going to be one heck of a game. I'm really excited about it. I might not, you might not exactly hear that in my voice just yet. I'm, I'm at that point where I'm just like playing every single scenario in my head for what can happen, but I am looking forward to watching the game and I'm just glad to be back in the playoffs. Like you said, Denard, it's a, it's a new season. So got to go take care of business and you and I will be here later on in the week to break that down, but we're up against it for today. So Denard, should have led with this, but hey, this is our first show of 2021, getting to recap it with a win. So happy new year to you, my friend. Same, brother. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the shows for this year. Hopefully we can cap it off with several playoff wins and a trip to the Super Bowl. And if we could just get a win there, hey, all is well. So for Denard Walker, I am Davey Hudson. You have been listening to Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.